welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. I've had a breakthrough in terms of how I manage my days. Now, I, for a long time, have been more in that place of, well, it's weird. I would often end days feeling like I hadn't accomplished enough. That's what I will say. Like, And I think I've mentioned this elsewhere at some point, because this was quite a while ago now. My husband saying to me, Ray, you, like, you're never happy with what you've done. No matter what you've accomplished in a day, you're always talking like it's not enough, which was a real like, I just was like, you're so right. Like, that's exactly what I'm doing all the time. And I have to say him saying that to me and me being able to take it because, you know, those are two separate things. Right. Was a real breakthrough moment, I would say, in my business generally, where we don't talk enough about what it's like to run a business long term. We talk a lot about starting up, but we don't really talk about the ebbs and flows of running a business for a long time. And I think that's largely because there aren't many people that I know of who've been running an online business for much longer than me. I know a number of people who are like two, three, four years ahead, like they started. But really, when I started, I was like not one of the earliest at all. But like it was still relatively new and it was much smaller to do what I do. And so it's been like seven, eight years now. And the ups and downs of like, you know, when you first discover mindset work or you first, you know, we talk about the the shape of your brain shifting when the and like, you know, you you realize something and, and your brain is forever changed. The highs of that, even though your brain remains changed the highs of that go and you don't feel that same feeling anymore you're not so like living on the fumes of that and I'm really good at living on the fumes of things like I'm very practiced so I had definitely got to a place where I things just felt more like me you know like I didn't feel as kind of it wasn't as easy to access certain parts of me, like enthusiasm and excitement, even though I love what I do. I, and this is a good thing, by the way, because this is one of the things that allowed me to see how much I'd been running off on on an emergency mode. So as my business normalized and I, I was no longer motivated by that emergency mode, it started to feel really uncomfortable. And that was when I really started to deal with the nervous system stuff that actually the beginning of my business was masking. So in amongst all that, I moved from being somebody who was very careful to let everything count. And we talk in plenty a lot about letting everything count, but also about how sneaky your protective parts can be. 
And I didn't notice this creeping sense of not enoughness, of scarcity that had crept into my life. And it was partly because when something, when you're starting something, someone said this to me when I first started my business and I think about it all the time. Like when you're first starting something, a a spaceship, that's not what they're called, is it? You know, a space rocket, (laughs) whatever the the official NASA term is, uses up most of its fuel in takeoff. Like that's the moment where most energy is expended by that vehicle. And often when we're starting our businesses, we use up so much energy. We're pushing through fears. We are rewriting our brain. We are acting on things that we have previously run away from. We are we are not just imagining a new version of ourselves. We are creating a new version of ourselves as we go. Like we are we are revolving in real time as we do things that we previously could never have imagined we would do. And there's a lot of energy involved in that. Of course there is. And so we can sort of sit at our desks and and be in what for me was definitely an emergency mode, definitely an emergency mode. And like I said, as that started to, as I ran out of fuel for that, as actually the emergencies I created in my business, and I was very good at that, leaving stuff to the last minute, waiting until money was a bit too edgy when I could have invited more in earlier those things stopped working quite a long time ago to motivate me into action. I used those as a motivator in the past, not consciously, subconsciously, but that was definitely what was going on. And they actually stopped motivating me. And so what then took took those things place was what I would describe as a lot of busy work, sitting at my desk, because I was meant to sit at my desk at certain hours. and you know what really brought this out to the like this that sort of ended this or like what's the word brought it to a culmination it's not quite the words I'm looking for was the pandemic I don't know about any of you but when my kids are at school I tend to finish work at like four maybe five that five is a late day because there's the they come home they always run straight into my office and give me a hug and I'm always like I'll be down very soon or I'll say I've actually got quite a lot of work to do like me and my husband both work from home so we're all we're around and they're you know allowed to come in and out I don't generally take calls after three so they're in and out but during the pandemic because there was no school cut off and during quarantine and all those stuff, I would work accidentally till six or seven. And I think that's not like me. I normally run out of steam. But I think a lot of that was to do with the fact that I was we were all in this emergency mode. We were all in this emergency mode. So I found myself doing what is a real toxic, a piece of toxic professionalism, which is just sitting at your desk believing that somehow sitting at your desk will provide will produce work we see this in the corporate world I don't know about you but in my job the job the main job I had I had I was in one job for like eight years out of university maybe more actually eight eight years let's say and at that job you were expected to stay till six from about five nobody worked people went on their Facebook people would and you would wait for six o'clock to roll around maybe five past so you didn't look too like you were on the minutes <laughs> but you would you know you would look busy and I hated it it felt like a lie it felt really untrue and really just like Ugh, what are we doing why are we all 
sat here pretending we're working. This is bullshit. And yet, when I look at what I did, what I, how I'd started to run my business, like post-pandemic particularly, but even before, I was doing so much of that. Sat at my desk, just seeing, like, is, is work going to magically appear because I'm sat making myself do things? And this was all amongst me realising that I have ADHD and just sort of expecting my, my work almost like the more I sat at my desk, the more money I would make because it, my belief was there's more opportunity for work when I'm sat at my desk here. And it didn't produce work. It produced me sat, sometimes scrolling, sometimes sort of flitting from one thing to the other, which actually really echoes my experience of working in an office, by the way. Working in an office never worked for me. Why am I trying to recreate it in my business? Why am I doing that? Why am I trying to recreate the exact systems that I ran from that to the point that I could not return to those? Not if I wanted to keep my mental health intact. Like this is not a possibility for me. And yet, why am I trying to show up that way? So there was that comment from my husband, you never feel like you've done enough. And then also when I went to Italy on a retreat, which is almost a year ago, which I cannot wrap my head around at all, last April, I really, really realised how important, I've always known home is important to me, my surroundings, but also what I realised when I was away was almost how much of my fuel and my purpose and like it's deeper than I like being at home I like my house it's a deeper sense of that so much so that I struggle to really communicate it and I just have I have a very happy home life I'm really lucky with with who I found to be in a partnership with with my husband and I have amazing children who I adore and I'm just really satisfied with it and I really love it and I was not letting myself have that to its fullest effect because it felt like if I was going to run the business if I was going to make money I couldn't do that whilst enjoying my home in the way I wanted to so nothing makes me happier than pottering about the house than going to Ikea like I did over the weekend and sorting things out moving things around like design like choosing things to go in different rooms but also I really like the house to be and you would come in and see it and be like Ray it's not that tidy but like my level of tidiness that makes me feel okay and we have a small house there's four of us in it it gets really messy I'm the only one who cares <laughs> so I spend quite a lot of time just trying to keep it to the level like I want it to be like don't get me wrong my husband does his best to do to do things like to keep things tidy but he has a phrase I don't think he'd mind me sharing this where like he he's just not very good so he's got ADHD as well surprise surprise and he's not very good at seeing stuff like you know those jokes you see a lot of reels and TikToks about it where people like someone's looking for something on their table and it's right in front of them and they can't see it like their wallet and then their partner comes along and goes there it is he's that and he has this phrase where if he doesn't quite like tidy it in a way that works for me, he will say, it's not weaponized incompetence, it's just incompetence, <laughs> which really makes me laugh every time. But also we've had to come to a bit of a, just an understanding between ourselves 
that my standards are not his standards. As long as he's making an effort, as long as he's trying, I don't think he is, and some people would disagree with me, I don't think he has to do it to my level of tidiness. What I don't want is to be the one who's expected to tidy up after everybody. But if my level of tidiness is different to his, I don't mind being the one to like take it up a notch. I think some people get so much more energy from going out and socializing and seeing things and experiencing things. And some of us, it's about, you know, where we live and what that looks like and how that feels. And, you know, for me, it's a really creative process. And so I realized I wasn't allowing myself the space to do that because I was acting like I had I worked in an office. I was acting like I had to show up, sit at my desk and 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 just do work stuff. And I know that that is a hangover from when my boys, when I started my business, one of my children was not even one. In fact, he wasn't born. And one of them was like three. And so I had to shut away untidiness in order to do anything. So I would come into this office once we made this my office and I would just be like, nothing else exists. The house has to be really messy and I've only got limited time to work. But that's when I was part time looking after two children. And I've kind of carried that in for the full like length of my business, even though in amongst that time, my husband wasn't working at all. He does now, but he wasn't working. He was looking after the kids when they were smaller. He was doing all of that stuff, even though I work full time. I am not there's no child in this house right now. I have time. But I'd, I'd carried on that thing of like, you can't let the house or anything, any other things into your work time. And I'd made it this real hard and fast rule completely subconsciously. And I know that came from a, from what was needed at the time. So this is not me saying to those of you who are looking after kids at home, this is how you should do it. Like small kids who are around, like it might not be possible for you. And it wasn't for me. And it worked much better doing it that way for a while. But now that is not the situation I'm in. And also understanding more about the way my brain works. I know that long periods of time, like of concentration, don't do not offer themselves to me frequently let's put it that way unless I'm in a proper like deep dive flow state which actually happens far less than my brain will tell me it does and so now what I do during the days is I do a bit of both things I will work for half an hour I often set a timer 20 minutes of work go and empty the dishwasher sometimes all I do is empty it then I come back do some work set a timer once that's up, maybe I'll go and load the dishwasher. Maybe I sort something out that's been bothering me, like, you know, a picture that needs hanging or like today I'm going to put some pictures up in my office. I'm also going to record a podcast and I'm also going to record some sell that thing stuff. But splitting my day up, popping into town to get a coffee, coming back and working, being able to do that so my day doesn't look like work, 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 where you've got to work, work, work. And if you don't work, you haven't done enough. I am getting so much more done and I am so much happier because I don't feel like I'm having to sacrifice one part of my life for the other. So I break up my day so much more. 
I also, so I wanted to put some practical tips in this. One of the things that I do do is I have blockers on everything. As in, I don't have an Instagram feed. I don't have a Facebook feed because I have to be on those things for work. But the feeds are one of the most distracting things. I don't have a YouTube feed. You can get plugins for that. I don't have TikTok. Eve Gus, my youngest child, because I'll occasionally download TikTok to look at something. And he goes, mummy, I can see TikTok on your phone. Why is TikTok on your phone? Do you want me to delete it for you? (laughs) Because it's just the most addictive thing to me. Being able to scroll video after video like that, I can't manage it. I can't manage it. But So I delete that off my phone. But the other thing that's happened, because I think one of the things that would happen a lot would be me when I was sat doing busy work is because I couldn't concentrate for that amount of time, I would go to my phone frequently and be distracted by that. And I went through a long period of really beating myself up about my phone use and it being a really tricky thing that you have to use. I have to use my phone for work. I genuinely do. I can't do everything on a desktop. Everything I can do, I do on a desktop, but I can't do everything on a desktop. I can't do stories. I can't record reels. There's a number of different things, particularly with Instagram, that just don't work. And so I, I've struggled because I have to have it with me. Like, don't get me wrong, I also put it out of the room as much as I can. But realising that as I've healed my nervous system, or as, as I'm in the process of doing that, as I feel way more in touch with my feelings and, and as I'm much more, much better at like sitting with feelings in my body, I noticed that when I grab my phone, it's normally just after an anxious thought or feeling. So I grab my phone to soothe or or even it can be social media or browsing on my laptop to soothe that thought. So it could be, I don't know, is there, are people going to buy my offer? Am I going to make enough money? Do people think I'm any good at this? And I might not even notice the thought. But now what I've started to do, but I'll, I'll grab my phone. It's a very, it's almost like before the feelings fully formed, I'm grabbing my phone to soothe it away. I really, and, and this article was talking about how that's a really common thing that we read all these books, we try all these apps to like help us with our phone use. And in reality, it's about dealing with the feeling that's leading us to grab our phone. And that's made a massive difference in my phone use generally. At weekends, I don't really even look at my phone like it's gone. I just don't really engage with it. And I used to need it to soothe anxieties about like if I'd done enough, basically, that was the other thing. So I really have managed to like it's not that I'm not on my phone a lot. I am. I'm going to be on my phone a lot. A, I'm someone who really loves the online world and B, my job means I'm going to be on my phone a lot. But what I have started to do is when I grab it, allow it to be a trigger for what did you feel before you grabbed your phone, Ray? What happened? What did you feel? Put your phone down and be with that feeling. Because I genuinely after like, and some of you might have been way ahead of the curve than me on this, but I genuinely worry (laughs) for all of us when it comes to how we process thoughts and feelings when we have this thing that can chase it away in an instant so I wanted to mention that because it's been really important to how I manage my days 
really important. And I think typical my black and white brain, I thought it was going to have to be no like you use your phone way less and you sort of get rid of it and you just block it or which isn't like I said, is really not compatible with my job or I'm just addicted to it. But there's been a process. One of the other things that's allowed me to do this stuff and has really helped with my nervous system stuff has also been I streamlined my team a year ago and I worked all over 2023 and it was hard work to streamline my expenses. So I have reduced massively my outgoings every month, which also means I've reduced how much I need to make a month. Um, And that means I'm free to follow. A lot of the way I'm doing this is very much going with my gut. Do I want to work more like on this thing or do I want to go downstairs and have a break? Do I, what do I feel like I want to do today? What work can I do? Like, could I, if I'm not feeling it, can I just answer some emails and get some of that kind of, you know, the bits and bobs work done? It's very much based in my body. But when you have got pressure to make a certain amount of money, so it's a mixture of reducing what at my outgoings, but also paying attention to reoccurring revenue so that money is coming in and I don't have to do too much. I've still got some work to do on that because I would like to be covered and then some. And that's why I'm working with lovely Josephine Brooks on my funnels, which started on Friday, which is very exciting. But like, so it's like this, this constant acceptance of who I am and building a business that lets that happen. And the pottering about, the faffing, the spending time in the house and all of that stuff is all part of accepting what it, how I work best and what I love doing. So that lack of pressure and that lack of pressure has not always been available to me, I want to say. But what I but what is available to everyone is to build a business that lacks putting pressure on you. Does that make sense? It might take time. It might take building up things where people pay you month by month. You might have to operate under pressure at first. I certainly did. And I'm sure there'll be other times when I will. But right now. Whereas I used to cultivate the pressure so that I would make more money. Right now I'm finding I make more money. And I think this is a result of nervous system work. I make more money when there's less pressure, when I have got the space to do what I want to do. I hope that makes sense. All of that. But yeah, interesting threads around it, I think. Like when I first went to sit down, I didn't think about, I was kind of surprised. I was like, actually the phone thing's been a huge part of it. But one thing I would say is that really helped me get to the point with the phone and with all of this is releasing shame from it. When I was obsessed with the idea that my phone addiction was ruining my business and I felt bad about it and terrible about it, I didn't figure out what to do about it. Nothing changed in my behavior. In fact, I would say it maybe got worse when I just was like, you know what? I use my phone. However, I'm not going to I I put a book. I've got piles of books to go to the charity shop from sorting stuff out and one of them was how to break up with your phone because I was just like a long time ago I was like I'm not doing this to myself anymore I'm not going to spend my time beating myself up about not being about having this issue with my phone I just I'm going to accept it and then that was as that was the trigger for me figuring this stuff out okay so thank you for being here I'll speak to you all very soon.